Welcome to The Run. This is episode 19. Patty Quinn, along with Jerry Green. Jerry, say hello. Say hello. I did. Thanks, Patty. All right. Uh, so we're going to talk old times here. Some of our road trip stories and bus eats and hotels and restaurants in the certain towns and cities that we uh, hit over the years. Is that what this segment's going to be about? Yeah, and then we're going to wax nostalgic about the year that was and currently is uh, 2020, and uh, I'm sure you'll agree that uh, we can't wait for this one to be over. So you did your homework in regards to reflecting back about, and I mentioned to you, some of the foods you like and where you like them, and so that's going to all tie in great. Now, before we get to that, just in the interest of uh, going back and clarifying a few things on our previous episode, number 18 that would be if you're following along, um, Stan Knowles was a topic of conversation. His name popped up as we discussed the Masters. Okay, we're going there, right? The Masters was fun, mm-hmm. as a topic, anyways. The number one thing that I heard, and again, folks, I'm not here to defend Jerry, I'm not here to defend myself, but uh, we literally press record, and we sit here, and you should see the lovely confines of the Eastside Creative Center, thank you to Victor Summers, and we just talk, and it's as simple as that. There's no real game plan we don't have this all storyboarded mm-hmm. uh so we're making the odd mistake and the the number one that i heard was that holy shit how did green think that mike weir won the masters in the 80s well yes and i had kicked myself afterwards once i heard a- i said it ab- it's, you know a- absolutely Christ. but the, the point i'm making here is that when you're doing this kind of stuff and Things just happen. But the 80s. I know, but the 80s, I know, I know. <laughs> I was thinking the 80s. I know. <laughs> He's Murray. I know. I, it's it's funny that uh, that would be brought to my attention, not once, not twice, but three times. But I went through and I Googled Masters winners of the 80s, and their names, I mean, all, you know, if you're a golf enthusiast, you know all the names, but they are names from the past. You're like, oh, my God, there was no way Weir was in that company. So, no. o- 03 it was. But anyways, no, it was, yeah. so, uh, again, I, I'm not defending us here but we are literally hitting record and yeah but that was a little out 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 there i know but come what may the point i'm making here is that you know how sometimes in day-to-day conversation with your friends family or co-workers you'll say something stupid the only difference between you folks doing that and us doing it is that we entered into the record and it's it lives on yeah Um, but you corrected me I did. Yeah, I did. So what's the point? It was just more like, holy shit. Okay, so you you acted for them and said, no, Jerry, it wasn't then. It was 2003. Right. Which seems like ages ago anyways. You know, 17 years ago that he had won that? That's a long time. It is a long time. You know, remember Sears came out with... Uh, Sears? <laughs> Mike, yeah, Mike Weir. Mike Weirware. <laughs> Weirware. Yeah, I don't know if that's what it was called. But I, I remember... Uh, he was a big hit. He I don't was, know if it was a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday hockey game following the Masters. How does the Masters go? I think you have the big fancy meal the day after, right? But I, I just remember my one takeaway from that was there was a game on TSN or Sportsnet or one of the channels, and Weir was um, green jacket and all his splendor at uh, the Air Canada Centre with the Leafs game, of course, and it was just crazy. So yeah, because he would have won it in April. Can't believe the Leafs are still playing in April, were they? <laughs> I, I just remember him dropping okay. the puck. Yeah. Anyways. Hey, it was quite a feat for a Canadian to win it anyways. And then what happens is the next year, I believe he gets to pick what they have for dinner. You set the menu. The winner's dinner, which is all previous winners that come, they have a dinner to start the tournament, and right. he gets to pick what they eat. Okay. Uh, that's what I understand. No, you're very right. I'm they, guessing. They do choose the winner. Okay. Or the dinner. The dinner. Me. Anyway, so we're off on this yeah. tangent already. Yeah. Uh, so we'll circle back to where we started. Stan Knowles. <clears throat> excuse me. And you and Stan are friends. 
and uh, you took the time to call him. So please, I well, I had to. I'm hearing this for the first time. Please regale me. I called him and I said, Stan, your name came up in a podcast Patty and I were doing, and you know, I was mentioning that you had gone to see the Masters at Augusta. He uh, said, let, let me jump in there. Did he know what a podcast was, or did you have to explain it? He never claimed he didn't know what it was. Okay, very good. Um, he said, well, I didn't go once, Jerry. I went twice. I oh. said, you went twice. You went in 04 and in 06. So the year after, we are one. Correct. There you go. Yes. Wow. Okay. So keep going. And... Um, he, um, I said, well, okay, knowing, you know, me, I want to know everything. Sure. How did you get there? Mm-hmm. So he said, private jet seats about 15, I guess it was that type of. Again, allow me to interrupt. First of all, I know you very well. You're hyper analytical. You want to know it all. And Stan is no stranger to a good uh, tale. Yes. He so can tell a good story. This is a perfect combination. <laughs> so private jet, here we go. Sorry. So it lands in. The uh, at the um, Augusta, Georgia airport, and it doesn't. It has a terminal, but everything that lands there, you exit the plane right onto the tarmac type of thing. Okay, you know it's not a big terminal type of thing, but that's where all the private jets, all the players who have their own, you know, jets or rented jets or whatever, they all fly into there. So to make a connection, this is very Miramichi Airport esque. Yes, very okay. much so. All right. Yeah. So he said that. Um, so then I okay, where'd you stay? He said, all the homes in and around the golf club go up for rent and you rent a house. Now, if you noticed when Dustin Johnson won Mm -hmm. and he was talking to his wife as he walked off the 18th, Mm -hmm. she was going back to the house. You could hear, that's the interesting thing about not a, no crowds around. You can hear the, the personal conversation between the two. Right. And she said, I'm going back to the house with mom and dad. Mom's probably crying. That sort of thing. I could, I think I heard that. You heard that on the broadcast? Yes. Wow. Wow. Uh, so they rent all the houses around uh, Augusta, and that's he stayed at a house. All right, so let's assume you and I live together, Jerry and Patty have a house, and we know we can capitalize on the madness that is the master, so we go somewhere for the weekend and rent our house out for an inordinate amount of money, exorbitant amount of money. Especially if you're renting it to the pros, uh, right. renting it to the guys that are in the tournament. Right, Dustin Johnson yeah. doesn't care that it's $10,000 Or Pfizer. I don't right. know who Stan, Stan didn't say... Uh, Stan didn't specifically say Pfizer, but of course it was a, a pharmaceutical connection. Viagra took him there. <laughs> he always liked the Mark Martin cartoon. <laughs> I'm sure he did. He certainly did. All right, so keep going. This is fascinating. Um, so he flies in and he says that um, uh, you're allowed to, he, he liked to sit at the 16th hole, which it was the infamous 16th hole mm-hmm. that we talked about that... Um, uh, where Tiger had his chip, where John Rahm had his uh, par three ah, hole in one. Okay. That's the hole. On the other side of that water there, it's a great bank to just sit there and watch players go by. So, so his first year, that's where he sat. So Knowles is stationary. They're coming to him. Right. Okay. He wants to see all the team, all the players come through. He sits there and watches them play 16, which is a very interesting hole to have them on, a little par three. And probably no stranger to the odd course like would Stan be. Or whatever they're serving. You know what? I don't know if they do serve alcohol. And I, he said everything was inexpensive. 
you know, you could get a sandwich, whatever you wanted. But he never mentioned the word beer, though. Wow. I don't know if they were. It's very pristine. It's very, uh, it's very uppity. It's very, you know, everybody pay attention and pay. Uppity and, people don't like beer. I don't know. Uppity is not the right word. It's it's uh, very civilized. I guess <laughs> maybe I use that word where they don't want anybody hooping and hollering and getting too drunk. That type of thing. Like so this a, is not like the scary Larry or anything like no, that. No, it's not. Like <laughs> or like the Phoenix Open. If you've ever seen the Phoenix Open and they have that grandstand built around that par three that's a gong show yes right yes so that's a lot of um uh so that's what he did the first year the next year he walked be i think he said he walked with tiger or he followed a group through the whole thing maybe it was even weir's group wow and maybe i got it mixed up maybe he went with weir in 2004 and then sat in 2006 one or the other okay the other thing which he confirmed for me is you cannot buy master's gear paraphernalia anywhere but at the masters you cannot buy he has a hat he has a master's hat so you're telling me you cannot get that at a store outside of augusta georgia correct wow are they that tight yeah he confirmed that so they'd rather uh, just trying to follow that trajectory i mean you would think there's a million diehard masters enthusiasts just for the sake of a round number you would think he or she would want a cap again they're not about that they're about it being the holy land or the or the you know this is this is this is, this a, is the cathedral of golf this is a religious and we golf don't yeah we pilgrimage. don't need yes we don't need the merchandise sales of augusta uh merchandise to uh make us worthy of what who and, and who we think we are so i'm not eating a 12 dollar cheese sandwich here no you're not a really? nice nice little sandwich probably three and a half bucks something like that it's wow. a, you know a beautiful area he said you can't describe it uh, you can watch them on the driving range. You can, you, you have a free wheel to go wherever you want. Um, but experience he will never forget. Oh. Um, but it, it was the intriguing part about um, accommodations and how you get there, I thought was interesting, mm-hmm. that you don't just uh, drive into Augusta, you fly in. So, pharmaceutical, just to go backwards, pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical company that invited Knowles. Twice. Twice. Nice. Just all he had to do was show up. Yeah. Catch a flight and mm-hmm. everything else is taken care of. Yeah. All right. Wow. Fascinating. It is fascinating. And uh, um, so to go backwards there real quickly, you referenced a nice little sandwich. And just in your uh, modest opinion, as far as Jerry would be concerned, what would define a nice little sandwich? Like are we- uh, Ham and cheese on thick white bread. <laughs> you know. Is there a gherkin? With a little mustard is on Is there a little gherkin? Could be a pickle. Yeah. Maybe a little side bag of chips, you know, mm-hmm. something to go with it. Okay, just trying you to know? get my head around Because you can't go with any, like, chicken salad or anything like that. You're, you know, you're, you need something oh, You're not getting mayonnaise solid. out in the heat. No, you're not, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you don't want to get the shits It would be the, the traditional the American ham and cheese, the I would think. Yeah. You know, and American cheddar, I'm sure. But, uh... Anyways, we talked for a few minutes uh, about that, and uh, and he said it was it was in, it was it was fun to recollect, uh, you know, the whole event because it was, you know, not many people get to do it, and he did twice. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. I, I know one person who's been to the. Na- I yeah. keep saying the Nationals, the Masters, and uh, he confirmed yes, the tickets. And somebody tweeted me about, no, you can get tickets. No, you cannot get tickets. You can't just get tickets. There, uh, uh, I guess I was enlightened a little bit that you can get into a lottery. For tickets, 
into a lottery for tickets. But I don't think there's a lot of tickets that are available in lottery. Those who have tickets hold on to them. And again, it's very prestigious that, you know, there's a certain clientele that gets to come. And, and uh, I still stand by that. But I wouldn't doubt, yes, there could be a lottery for tickets. But again, you're not going on Ticketmaster to buy tickets. Coming uh, somewhat full circle here, as you mentioned, sandwiches and golf. I remember a few years ago when Morgan Matchett uh, won the Ladies Provincial Championship uh, at Miramichi Golf and Country Club. Mm-hmm. There was a rain delay uh, during one of the rounds. We had Morgan on the, like the Monday or Tuesday after she had uh, won the championship. When I say on, uh, former career at the radio station. And she referenced the rain delay. And she, I don't want to say attributes her win to it. Obviously, she's a magnificent golfer and a fine athlete. But she made reference of an egg. During the rain delay, she had an egg salad sandwich and a cup of tea. And that kind of powered yes. her to the finish line. Yes. <laughs> on rye. <laughs> on rye. There you go. No, that's George's cup of tea and an egg salad sandwich. And as you say, cup of tea here, a quick little shot here to our hosts at Eastside Creative Center just down below, uh, Creative Grounds. Uh, I don't know what you picked up here tonight, uh, but... It's a delicious one. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was the maker. Yeah, this it one was, was made it, with. It was really good. Yeah, it was made with uh, Americana. Oh, is it Americano? Oh yeah, I'd oh, always get that. Look at you spending the big bucks. Oh, did you win the uh, gold rush this week and not tell me or what? <laughs> All right. Uh, so, anyways, again, just to wrap up with the uh, whole uh, subject of the Masters and how interesting it was to watch without fans there. How interesting it was to watch that the ball doesn't roll because it's softer ground. Now, I told you the ball might sail differently because it's fall air instead of spring air, mm-hmm. but also it was wet there, so the ball did not roll. So wherever you hit it, it rolled a couple feet. That was it. So that was not good for DeChambeau, who was trying to. Uh, revolutionize uh, the Masters mm. tournaments, See, which didn't work out. All that stuff kind of goes right over my head. I, under, I don't understand the finer points of uh, golf. In the but, dry but, but weather you, you of... think like, DeChambeau did not have his best outing, but is was that condition? No, well... It's his a combination. Di- his distance has contributed to hitting and rolling, but um, no, he did not have a good tournament. I'm still a fan. I'm still intrigued by uh, the character of DeChambeau. Um but at times, maybe bites off a little bit more that he can chew. But I, I, I'm intrigued every time he plays. All right, so we'll put a cap on it there. Uh, we do know one person who has gone to a Masters, and that is uh, the man and the legend that is uh, Stan Knowles. <laughs> and uh, Stan Knowles uh, is a beauty. Just uh, I'm going to close off on this one. A few years ago, 2017 or 2018, uh, Sean Ingersoll and a fine committee at Miramichi uh, Curling Club hosted the oh, this story, Travelers yes. Championship. No, but I, I knew Stan, of course, uh, over the years. We've crossed paths many times. But uh, now he's in a semi-state of uh, retirement and has a little bit more time in his hands. And uh, uh, I, I, of course, at every afternoon off working at the radio station, you're out the door by 11 or noon at the latest and uh, maybe squeezed uh, 10 o'clock out of there during this tournament. But spending the week with Stan and guys like Al Morrison, uh, one of the Campbell boys, uh, John, and a host of others. I'm forgetting so many. I shouldn't even be dropping names for fear. I'm going to forget some. But it was it was a fun week mm-hmm. hanging around with uh, Knowles and Morrison. And, oh, no, a great sense of humor for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. All right, uh, so uh, let's get to some uh, road uh, stories. So do we go all the way back and paint the picture here of how we ended up doing all this, or do we just take it off from where we started? Well, yeah, I guess there should be some context or some background. All right, so you and I first crossed paths in the third season of the Miramichi Timberwolves. Uh, The team came into the league in 2000-2001. There was no broadcasts uh, that first year. The second year, it was uh, Hoppy Dunn and myself. And then the third year, you rolled in. And then you and I had a quick run because 
um, you know, the way the radio business went. They stopped doing broadcasts, and then I, I think I'm correct in saying you were the original play-by-play guy for the Sea Dogs, which would have been, I'm going to guess, 05-ish? 05, 06, yeah. All right, so we had a quick two-year run, but uh, jammed a lot of fun into those two years, as you well know. <laughs> now, the other thing that uh, occurs to me as I was uh, waxing nostalgic and going through my memory, um, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but um, and I don't want to belittle it. I had some great times. I think, uh, what did I say there? Uh, the third year, so that's uh, 0102, uh, 0203. Does that sound right? So no broadcast first year, which is 2000, 2001. Right. Right. And then 0102 right. is you and Dunn? Right. Yes. Correct. Okay. And then you and I. So oh, So we did for two and three. And three and four. And three and four. All right. So this is 16, 17 years on, depending on uh, which year we hone in on here. Uh, and of course, we're 16 or 17 years younger, and that loans itself to this. I don't know that I would want to do that again, but at the time, it was part of the adventure. It was part of the fun of it. Uh, of course, you're still hanging on to the dream of uh, doing broadcasts and uh, it fits right into, plays right into our hand as nerds of uh, both the broadcast medium and of sports in general, specifically hockey. Um, but there's really nothing glamorous about it. Like I, I used to run into people, uh, and I still talk to people who go, uh, you must have had some fun doing those broadcasts. And yeah, we had fun. We had to make a lot of our fun, but the actual production of scrambling out of work and piling onto a bus and, 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 and the drives to the rink and the getting the set up, there's no, there was no glamour in any of that and i'm sure you'll agree with that yeah but you certainly um there's no glamour no uh did we feel glamorous yes if you're watching us was it glamorous no right did uh you feel no pain as in you're so enthusiastic about doing it and so and uh, so much uh, uh anticipation to to go and get it done and set up and get ready um, it was, uh, you know, uh, an experience or it's, it's, it's a time that just is so easy to come by and you have so much adrenaline and you're never tired until after when you get on the bus all the time, getting yeah. there, however long it might be, yeah. you're all hyped up and, and everybody's telling their stories. You hadn't seen them for a few days. You and I are shoulder to shoulder and <laughs> two big guys shoulder to shoulder in mm-hmm. our seats talking shit and eating chips and uh you know drinking pepsi whatever it is uh the coaches come back be it you know whoever uh at the time it was a lot of fun when when uh, wood and henderson and them were there and, and, mike, LeBlanc. and mike leblanc and how many stories we could tell and games we played and you yeah, know. Uh, allow me to jump in there. I, I 100% agree. Uh, most people would think you'd like to catch a cat nap, especially in those long runs. Uh, but you're, you're 100% right. There was an adrenaline uh, element to this. You were wired uh, after the game and after the meal. And we'll get to those meals after those games. Uh, you would crash as best you can because the sun was coming up very early <laughs> the next morning and we were still four hours from home. Yeah, depending on where we were. And uh, sometimes we were a long ways away. You know, roll into the Civic Center at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the morning and freezing cold. You know, freezing cold, start the vehicle. Now you're awake and now you're going home. But uh, uh, it's still, to do that, to get off the bus when it was freezing cold, you were still loving what you were doing. I mean, it wasn't, uh, it still was never considered work. And it was never considered, oh, dread, I got to go to, Yarm- you know, going to uh, Campbellton tonight. We're going to Halifax or we're going to wherever. Well, it's interesting you would say that. In preparation for this, I was uh, lamenting about those trips to Halifax. And by and large, 
Um, Halifax was a Tuesday at the old uh, Forum, as best I can recall. And uh, boys, uh, there were five, four hours to get there. I know, but there were some. You know. di- there were some times you need to go. Oh shit! This is Halifax Day uh, because Tuesday you're still getting into the the groove of your yeah. week. Um, and, and again, I, I, I mean, I did it for a living. Uh, this is my own cross to bear, and this is not a complaint. Um, and I'm not to suggest that I was any more of a prima donna than the rest of you, but uh, my alarm clock was going off. Like, you would get home at 2 o'clock in the morning. I was going back to work for 4 or 4.30, and there were some, <laughs> some quick turnarounds, believe you me. Yeah, yeah, but uh, again, you love the business and love the job. The adrenaline took you through. Absolutely, you know? and all you had to do was get till 9 or 10 and then go home. Right. Right. You know, but that, that, was, that was the... Oh, I loved, um, uh, I don't know, in the last couple of years, and you'd call me and say, you want to come in and co-host. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'd be my regular night owl and get to bed and probably get four hours of sleep, and then I'm going to get up and, and go and co-host with you. It's just pure adrenaline to get me there and and, uh, and get on the air and do a couple hours and go to work. Yeah, and, and plus, uh, again, uh, students of the uh, broadcast game we were, you, you appreciated that the... Uh, people were listening, so you had to bring your A game. So no matter how tired or miserable or cranky you might have been, you gotta yeah. you gotta find that proverbial extra gear and get there. And probably for some people who maybe can do it or can't, um, it's something that that's wired in for us. I mean, right. you're just Agreed. you're. I don't know if the word's on, but you know you have to be. Uh, Ready to go as soon as the light goes on, type of thing, and mm-hmm. and whatever is ailing you is not. No, absolutely. You know, when you're in studio, as we would say, as soon as that light comes on, as you just said, you got to go. And uh, on the hockey side of things, when that puck is dropped, you got to go. Yeah, you got to deliver the goods, and you have to appreciate that people are listening, people want to listen, and uh, you better be on top of your shit, so to speak. I don't remember the first game you and I would have done. Tell me this, though. I'm going to guess the first game you and I would have done had to be Camelton because normally you would ease into your season with the Camelton Miramichi tip-off, as it were. I I don't recall you and I doing a game in Camelton. I can't picture it. Did we? Well, now, Jerry. We must have. Oh, well, I'll, I'll regale you with one story. Do you remember the time that the, one of their snipers, Wendell Watson, bought me a pregame oh, chocolate Oh, yes. Brought right. you a pregame chocolate bar. Yes, that that right. was in Campbellton. And we always loved getting the poutine in, in Campbellton. <laughs> Thank you very best, much. Best, well, one of the best top, rink poutines. Top three. Campbellton. No question. Yes. Uh, we're, oh, the, yeah, we'll get there. Um, you'll remember the Campbellton Arena, the Memorial Civic Center, as it's called. Uh, uh, you referenced it a few time, pod, podcasts ago. Uh, that was built in Jeez. preparation for the uh, Canada Games that they hosted. Right. Um, and uh, we used to be just over, and uh, I can see, like in my mind's eye, I can see Todd Tozer. Now and, I can picture and, it. And Danny yeah. Savage, may he rest. Yeah. Uh, you're, we were right over the I picture it now. Timberwolves bench. Yeah. And we were behind the benches, yeah. right, looking down uh, towards the, the bar and the uh, the uh, adult beverage room was to your That's what left. I couldn't picture. I couldn't picture where we were sitting, and now I do, where we were perched. And yeah. the go-to Camelton bus fare, <laughs> uh, because there was a business connection to one of the gentlemen who was, uh, you know, an owner or a great sponsor or governor or general manager, whatever the hell he was, was also the local Dixie Lee gentleman. Yes. So naturally, you would support 
that, and yes. th- that only makes sense. And uh, pardon me for this, but Dixie Lee should not offend anyone at any time. No. Um, uh, and I'll tell you and what. And it's a Friday night. And it's a Friday night. And it, Yeah, exactly. And if <laughs> if you enjoy Dixie Lee stationary at your desk or your kitchen table, you should be eating it at 90 kilometers an hour in a bus in February. Thank you very With much. With no light. With no light. <laughs> or a little bit of light. <laughs> but, Patty, that, that, um, that transcends into all levels of hockey and I would assume it's in the NHL too but I know at the major junior level there is a go-to place that is recommended by the home team to the visiting team right. that comes into town whether where to stay where to order right. what to eat what do you want and there are some go-to places and, that are on right. the call list and, and all things fair and equal that list in my mind's eye uh jerry and i don't think i'm too far off in suggesting this would be born of these are great supporters mm-hmm. friends of ours yep. or there's a connection yes uh so you totally understand that yeah like, yeah absolutely yeah. so uh, may i regale you with one i think it's pre-jerry green uh i was in communication with uh nick cooling you remember nick of course yeah. nick's out west now and uh we reconnected on uh facebook uh, messenger here because as you'll recall, um, even in your time, I mean, there's only a year in the difference, but uh, Nick Cooling, uh, Dustin Tozer, and by time, Sonny Newman, they were just kids. Like, we're talking 16, 17, 18 years ago. Right. Um, I can remember stuffing uh, Dustin up in the, uh, the, the overhead storage. That's mm-hmm. how little he was yes. uh, traveling with us, but... Um, I won't use names here, and maybe you're hearing this story for the first time. Um, but it was the first year of the broadcasts, which would have been the second year of the Timberwolves. And I, you know what? And Nick and I struggled to remember as to why this person ended up on the bus. But, you know, the – I forget if – I believe they're red now. The guys and the gals that do the volunteering on the security wear red coats. Do they not now? Correct, yeah. Seems to me it was yellow. I can remember a yellow jacket. Yeah, I think you might be right. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but for whatever reason, they had the Civic Center security jacket on as though we needed an escort in and out of the rink. And I, I think in this gentleman's mind, that was his role. He was the chef de mission, if you will. Um, so we played the game. I don't even ask me the outcome of the game. In those days, it probably wasn't kind. Campbellton was jacked and stacked. Oh, so we're Campbellton still? This is a Campbellton okay. story So we're because it's chicken-related, yeah. and I'll get there. So the game's over, and uh, just to give folks um, a little uh, timeline here, uh, I would say, Jerry, from uh, final buzzer to uh, wheels in motion, there is about an hour. You know, the kids are showering and, uh, you know, packing up their gear. Uh, all, all the staff is throwing shit on the bus, and uh, someone is in charge of meals, and by time it was myself or yourself. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of moving parts to this and a lot of coordination. Uh, so for our purposes, we'd be unpacking our gear and spooling up our cords and all mm-hmm, that shit. Mm-hmm. So I would say I was on the bus by and large before most people because we our, our exit was pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, unless we got yakking with someone. Uh, yeah, post game and put your gear in the bag and away we go. Yeah, away you go. Yeah. We don't want to hold anybody up. As a broadcaster, no, that, you don't want to hold up the team. That's a very good they point. They shouldn't be waiting for you. That's a very good point. Right. Absolutely. And that carries on at all levels. Yeah, super good point. Um, yeah, you never want to be the, no. re- the reason for leaving yeah, late or, nice. or, or not leaving on time. Yeah, or, you get looked at funny. Yeah. So this particular night is a Friday night, no doubt. 
Uh, definitely night because that plays a part in it because I can still see that. I'm sure it was a yellow coat. I can still see this yellow coat coming up the aisle of the bus. Uh, but this gentleman, unbeknownst to all of us, uh, so, to, so to paint the picture, we get the Dixie Lee delivery. Everyone gets a, a three-banger. So as they come on the bus, they're handed the, the box and the way they go to their seat. Right. Yes. And then there's about every couple of rows of seats. Someone is in charge of a garbage bag uh, right. to collect it. And, uh, uh, you know, it's the- an interesting uh, it's an interesting dynamic. And, uh, of course, the rookies have to do all the cleaning, which is is uh, is um, uh, always been the case. Yeah, it's not uncommon. Right. Okay, right. Go ahead. So, you know, and as uh, you know, broadcasters and uh, hangers on, we'll call ourselves. We're not, uh, you know, the back of the bus is for the kids, and we understand that. So we're within the first four or five rows. And I used to try and bury myself. I used to always try and bury myself on the, for whatever reason, on the uh, driver's side. I like to be there, preferably window if I could. <laughs> um, so I'm four or five rows back, and uh, we're still in this yellow jacket, are we? Right. Okay. So we're eating chicken at 90 kilometers an hour in sub-zero temperatures. Beautiful life on a Friday night. <laughs> in the dark, as you alluded to. And this guy heads to the bathroom. And, you know, no real shock because these uh, Prevo buses are equipped with bathrooms. There's no secret there. And then time goes on. And, you know, we're talking. And I'm finishing my chicken dinner, as is everyone else. And we're bagging it up. And we're tidying up. And... I'm telling you, and Nick Cooling uh, kind of confirmed this uh, for me. It was like, we're, we're, how far would you think Campbellton to Bathurst? Is it be 45 minutes or so? So I think it's two hours to Campbellton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least an hour. All right. So we're, we're coming, we're closer to Bathurst than we are at Campbellton by this mm-hmm. time, uh, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> and things are settled down, and usually there was... Uh, uh, I mean, back in the days, there was VCR tapes and DVDs. Uh, I don't know what they do now. They're probably streaming stuff on the, I don't know how the bus well, That was a equipped. Pat's tour bus, was it? I don't know what it was. Oh. The Riverman always took Pat's tour bus, and I thought when the Timberwolves came on, I think they took a little bit of Pat's too. We, used to, we used to use a guy of, up north. Uh, Jules was his name. I remember talking to him yeah. and calling him by time. Okay, go ahead. But anyway, so we're, we're locked in watching a movie, and uh, no doubt it's Slapshot or Major League or yeah. whatever movie was popular of the day. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes back, and he goes, how you doing, fellas? And I was like, holy shit. Were, were you in the bathroom that whole time? <laughs> and everyone is like, holy shit, where were you? And we lost track of this guy. And he comes out. You still have his yellow coat on? Yes, he has his yellow coat on. This guy looks like he got hit in the head by a shovel. And I said, what in fuck happened to you? Are you ready for this? Are you hearing this for the first time? It might be. He's whistling the chicken to him and cho- chokes on a bone. Is that why he went back in the bathroom? He makes a break for the bathroom. You and did tell me this story. And none once. of us thought anything of it because he's just going to the bathroom. And then we lost track of him. And about 40 minutes later, he comes back and goes, thanks a lot, fellas. And we were like, what? And he goes, he really died in the bathroom. <laughs> but somehow he managed to wrestle this chicken bone. I don't know why I'm laughing at this. Well, I don't know why you go into isolation if you're choking you on a chicken what? bone. You know what, though, Jerry? Have you ever choked in public? It's a very common thing. I'll tell you about a choking in public story. I did it twice in my life. <laughs> you want to? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I do want to hear. All right. I'll get to those. One of them is Timberwolves related because I was rushing to a Timberwolves playoff game okay, one time. So hold anyways. on. Is that the end of that story? No, no. This okay. guy comes back. Right. And again, he's he's all in. Because he's been wrestling with himself for 40 minutes, trying to get a chicken bone out of his gullet. It's not funny. It's not funny, but here we are laughing. And I can remember sitting down and just, you know, like, oh, my God, I'm alive. And (laughs) to put a cap on this, because he probably ended up 
you know, voiding his chicken dinner, he reaches in and opens a bag of chips <laughs> and just keeps on eating like <laughs> like nothing He's happened. Wash it down. Yeah. What's, oh. what's, what are we showing here? But anyways, uh, if if Nick Cooling or anyone from that generation <laughs> or era of team, uh, you'll remember that story very well because oh again. You know what? And I, I hate to go to the dark side of this, but if that story goes the other way, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a horrifying story because you'd be like, well, boys, did anyone not notice him? And sure, we noticed him leaving, but just lost track of him. Sure. And how do you lose track of someone on a bus, which is only yep. so many feet long, there's only so many seats. But uh, yeah, he was, uh, he looked like Yvonne Durell took 10 good rounds out of him by the time he made it out of that uh, bathroom. And you can imagine the hopeless, helpless feeling of sitting in a bus bathroom going, okay, this is it. I, you know. Well, I, th- I think if I was in a panic mode, I'd come out of the bathroom. No, but see, that's very common, uh, and I, I think um, most would agree. It's very common uh, in moments of choking or distress in general that you retreat so you don't make a scene, quote-unquote. Yeah. Uh, it happened to me one time. Uh, I was working at... Um, I forget where I was working. Anyways, I ended up at uh, the Funny Line, Mary's Restaurant, call it what you want, and... It was, uh, it was a playoff game midweek for the Timberwolves, and there was no one in the restaurant. Like, we're talking, they're ready to shut down at 7, 7.30 or whatever time it was. I'm the I'm the guy where they look and go, oh, my God, is there someone else coming in here? You know what I mean? Floors are mopped and um, all that stuff, by and large. And uh, they were like, Quinn, come on. And I said, girls, I said, just in between work and the hockey game, I got to have something to eat here. Whatever you have ready, throw on a plate. I don't care. And it was meatloaf night, and they said, listen. Can we just whack a pizza of this meatloaf in the microwave and heat it up for you? And I said, it'd be beautiful. Um, so I'm rushing, rushing, and don't I suck a piece of this meatloaf down into my gullet? And I'm like, oh, my God. And I made a break for the bathroom. Now, in your mind's eye, the funny line, you know, the bathrooms are in the hallway outside mm-hmm. of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I'm in there ready to write my will on a piece of toilet paper because I thought this is how this ends. And I thought, well... What a way to go. And you guys would be telling this story. Jesus, Quinn died in a bathroom with a chunk of meatloaf in his throat. Like, that would be about right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you could put on my headstone, died what he enjoyed doing. Yes. So anyways, I'm in there and I finally I made one last ditch effort. I'm thinking, this is it. I'm, I'm getting off colored. I'm, I'm lacking air. And I finally gave her one final go and I got her out and cleaned myself up, caught my breath, wiped my face, got myself together. Well, as together as I can be. And I came back in, and the restaurant lights are off. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? Because I vacated the plate, and they were like, would you pass out? No, they were like, are you still here? And I said, yes. And they, they cleaned up. They just thought I bailed on my dinner. <laughs> cleaned up and put her in the garbage. I mean, I said, come on, girls. Oh. The other time was on a St. Patrick's Day fiesta <clears throat> at the old ambassador. Sucked a piece of corned beef into me. And I had the reverse Heimlich. I won't use names, but uh, I'll tell you off here, uh, off the air. Um, it was a reverse Heimlich. This I, when this, I was the only guy in the bathroom. I made a break. And you, you can imagine in your mind's eye what the ambassador looked like on a St. Patrick's Day. Like tons of people mm-hmm. and all kinds of people to help you in a moment of need. But I bailed to the bathroom because, again, you don't want to be the center of attention. And this guy grabbed me. I, I made that universal sign like I am choking. And this guy grabbed me by the shirt and gave me two punches right in the chest. And this piece of corned beef fired out of me like a twenty-two went off. And I can still hear it hitting the, the mirror in the bathroom. But it was reverse Heimlich. And uh, I, I got the shit kicked out of me and a piece of corned beef came out of me. But anyways, I don't know. How did I get out of this? Oh, yeah, the chicken bone guy. The choking, yes. Yeah. But I remember a corned beef story on the road. 
It would have been, of course, March 17th, and we were in Charlottetown. I remember this And well. it was, they were playing at the university then. Mm-hmm. It was the Abbeys that were playing at the university rink, which That's was correct. had seats on one side. Now, for some context, you remember why we were over there? It was midweek. It was a. It was that mini playoff, series. Wasn't it was it? that mini series, and we were doing the first two games over there for well, whatever it's reason. Mid March, it's playoffs, yeah. right? Right. But that's so why we were over there. For some reason, I I must have come late because as I was traveling over, you were telling me that you were looking for a corned beef meal. Well, now in Charlottetown on St. Patrick's Day again. For some context, this is the Billy Riley years, right? So Riley is no stranger. Uh, those that know him, no stranger to a feed, um, let alone corned beef and cabbage. That was always Riles and I's go-to. Like We would get together and eat corned beef and cabbage mm-hmm. more often than I would care to remember. Am I taking up the conch here? Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll throw in the punchline at the end. What was the punchline? Well, I'm going to tell you when we get there. Well, so here, here's the best one that, that, that I can recall. We left the hotel in pursuit of corned beef and cabbage, and you would think on St. Patty's Day in downtown Charlottetown... Um, it would be plentiful, sure, but it wasn't. And then no. we, and then also downtown St. Patty's Day in Charlottetown was packed. So, and no different than it is here. And you can't find corned beef and cabbage at your regular Legion or well local. But uh, but it's not only that. We had two things going against us: uh, a lack of corned beef and cabbage in general, but also we were a little bit late to the dance, and the places were full up. Okay. There was no room at the inn, so to speak. Right. And especially when you look at Riley, Quinn, and Danny Savage. Again, may he rest. He was our third party in this uh, traveling entourage. Uh, Danny, as I recall, was uh, driving. And I don't know how, because we would have went over in a bus, but we did have a vehicle. I don't know whose vehicle it was. I didn't go over on the bus. I was coming late, so I didn't go for the meal. I was just yeah. making it in time for the game, I remember. So we were downtown at the old Dublin pub, the old Triangle, all these local bars, eateries, cafes, pubs, and there's no corned beef and cabbage to be found. And we're just like, how is this possible? And then we would get into one place, and they would say, listen, we're, we're getting light. By the time we get to you, it'll probably be all gone. And we do have a nice beef stew, and we're like, no, no, we need corned beef and cabbage. So we retreat back to the hotel, which was a day's end or a journey's in, in or day's in, whatever it was called. But you know where I mean, where we always stayed in Charlottetown, mm-hmm. which wasn't often, by the way, too. We never spent too many nights in no. the yeah. island unless we were forced to because of the bridge closure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those were horrifying ones, too. Yeah. Uh, but in this particular case, we ended up back at this place called the Inn on the Hill. As we're making our way back towards the hotel, there was a sign, a sandwich board, corned beef and cabbage today hang a right and it was a right as we were heading back to our hotel and just as soon as we pulled into this place i thought you know what guys this doesn't look like it's ready for a riley quinn and savage and we walk in and everyone's got fancy uniforms on and like it's quiet there's some muzak <laughs> and they're like hi fellas and um riles is the chef de mission on this one believe you me uh, he's doing all the talking um i always took a a second seat to him he said, do you have any corned beef and cabbage today? And the lady says, it's funny you would ask. We're down to our last couple of plates. And he said, lead the way. We're going to take three. And, I mean, we're talking cloth napkins and the whole nine yards. Well, that here. was the punchline. You told me where you yeah. went. I said, was it paper or cloth napkins? Yeah. Cloth napkins. Yes, I- that was the punchline. I remember. You had to go to a place that had cloth napkins to eat corned beef and cabbage. Yeah, absolutely. It was, the most, it was a delicious feed, as I recall. It wasn't patty friendly in the sense that it wasn't rounded right but it was delicious and it was the first time and uh, don't judge here 
It wasn't all you can eat either. No, it one wasn't plate. all you can eat. Yeah. It was one little, yeah, exactly. And um, it was the first time because Riles asked a lady for mustard, and she said, yeah, no problem. And I said, what do you need the mustard for? They said, put mustard on my corned beef, Quinny. Yeah. First time I ever tried it with. Holy smokes. First time I ever tried it yes. with. Now, no stranger to the side of mustard pickles would be yes, I, yes. but I've never squirted out from oh, the. Oh, no. Really? Yes. You would do that? Oh, yes. Really? Oh, yeah. Mustard's got to be there. Oh, that was no, the first. Because no. I remember looking at him going, what the hell it are is, you doing? Yeah. Makes my mouth water thinking about corned beef and cabbage. Oh, a dandy feed of corned beef and cabbage. Uh, never go astray around here, as we like to say. So that's the third year. So, Camelton, do you have any Camelton food stories? Wendell Watson that time in the pregame bought me that Mars bar. No, it was always about the uh, Dixie Lee after, and it was always a Friday night in Camelton. And there was uh, it was a nice way to start the weekend. Yeah. Always well, and and by win or lose, win or lose. Well, was. a lot of losing in those days. Yeah. And by and large, Jerry, too, as you'll recall, it was a nice weekend. Yes, a nice kickoff. Yes, but it was also probably. I don't want to say nine times out of ten, but uh, say 50% of the time, it was part of a home-and-home Friday-Saturday. And I remember always in Campbellton, 8 o'clock was start time. So by the time we got out of there, it's 11 at least. Was it 8 o'clock? Always 8 o'clock in Campbellton. Really? Always 8 o'clock. Now, it's not now. It's Mm. not now. It's 7 now. But back in uh, Campbellton Tiger days of senior hockey and then when it spilled over, you know what it was like. How long was it? At the Miramichi Civic Center, it was always 7.30 for a Saturday night game for well, the Timberwolves, it's inter- ever since their existence. It's interesting you would uh, take us down this road, because last week I uh, commented, uh, well, there's some new rules at the Civic Center where we're not allowed to cross uh, over to the other side, where I would normally go and waste 10 or 15 minutes talking, telling stories with the referees, blah, blah, right, blah. Right, you have to take the score sheet over right. and but, get it signed. But now I don't, because no. uh, I'm not allowed. I shouldn't say I'm not allowed, but it's not recommended, right. would be the appropriate term. Uh, so I'm getting out of there quicker. Yeah. Uh, my father is in the car waiting for me. And I remember commenting as we're going through the uh, traffic loop there on the other side of the bridge. And it was like 927 or 931. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, holy shit, this 7 o'clock starts are awesome. Yeah. Um, not so much in the middle of the week because you're rushing from work and maybe a bite to eat at home. But um, but predominantly 7 o'clock Saturday night, oh, the Timberwolves are playing at home. I'm loving the 7 o'clock start. So for a long time, Campbellton was 8 o'clock. So again, let's say you get out of there by 11. That's okay? a great memory. I don't remember that. But that's and then a- two hours, you're home by 1. And yeah. then you're in bed by 2, whatever the case may be. So it wasn't... I always found the trip from Campbellton easy peasy. A couple hours is easy to do on a bus. A couple hours, and you're still just winding down. The players are winding down. Yeah. And that was always the thing traveling with all teams, be it the Timberwolves, uh, mm-hmm. Sea Dogs, uh, Wildcats. The uh, organizations knew that you do not take, or you try not to, take the kids from the rink or the players, kids, they are, I guess, uh, take them right to a hotel and settle down. The idea is to get them in the bus and at least travel two or three hours to let them wind down and then get them into a hotel room rather than take them right from the rink to the hotel room and... So what are you saying there? So let's say the Sea Dogs go down to Cape Breton. You would travel back to somewhere like Antigonish or so before you laid your heads or... New Glasgow, Truro, or? Well, no, uh, if you were going to play somebody the next night. I'm talking about, let's say, on the road in Quebec. Right. And again, if Moncton or St. John are going to Cape Breton to play and the game's over, they're traveling home that night. 
Okay, they're not okay, staying right. over. All right, so go, they're not the, staying over the give, day after. I'm talking about let's say in okay. Quebec, so where you me, play three games in four days. All right, so or give me something. the Quebec scenario. So Friday you're in Victoriaville, Saturday you're in Drummondville. You're staying somewhere in between. So soon as that game's over, Victoriaville, you're traveling to Drummondville and you're staying in Drummondville. So you get that couple hours or two hours, three oh, hours. I see to what you're wind saying. Wind down, and then you get them to the hotel. They're tired now. And because they've eaten, they're hyped up from the game. Uh, okay. You got to give them that wind down time. Very good. Well, on overnighters. On overnighters. All right. So we're done with Camelton. Our next stop on the uh, Grand Tour would be Moncton. Moncton in our mind's eye, Jerry, whether it was the uh, Beavers or the Commandos at the Levesque Fourplex and the Arthur J. LeBlanc Arena in that order. Moncton was synonymous with pizza. Moncton was <laughs> yeah. a pizza stop. And Vito's. And Vito's. Right. And uh, always, uh, pizza was uh, big with all teams, whether whatever level you're at. Pizza's quick, easy. Uh, the, the, the players love pizza. Uh, you get a variety. You get the meats. You get whatever you have to get. And uh, usually everybody's happy. Yeah, and every now and again, and you would hold your breath. Because I remember the uh, pizza did not come to us. We went to the pizza. Uh, and by that, I mean it was on our way out of town. We would hit Vito's. Oh, yeah? And every now and again, you would like see someone coming out with a different box you'd be like oh tonight's lasagna night every now and again jerry you got a little individual lasagna and mm-hmm. it was a hearty feed uh and, and a nice garlic bread or baguette whatever came with it but again you're only an hour and 20 minutes an hour and a half on the high side from moncton so you didn't want to overdo it but it was a dandy snack wow and the lasagna put you to sleep yeah <laughs> Absolutely. That that heavy meal at the end of the day usually did it. And you know, it's funny you say that uh, the the food puts you to sleep, uh, and it's part of the the goings-on. They are part of the team. Uh, We're always, and I say we like we're the only team that does it. Every team does it. Uh, The bus driver is always part of the team and uh, well taken care of and ate with us and uh, and drank with us. And uh, and I don't mean drank beer or anything with us, but they, they dined with us. And uh, those overnighters, the, the bus driver was very much a part of the uh, the trip. And it was always a case, um, and it probably was the same thing when we were, when we would travel with the Timberwolves, but when Hodge and I would be traveling with the Wildcats, it was always, you know, take care of everybody else. Don't worry about us. If, right. there's, if there's a meal for us, great. And they always did order a meal for us, mm-hmm. but we weren't in any hurry to get it. No. Whenever they wanted to drop a meal on my lap, fine. But take care of the players first staff whatever mm-hmm. didn't matter uh, i didn't feel like i was um you know i'm traveling with the team i don't feel like i'm a member of the team but even though you do get some uh camaraderie with them and so on and so forth right. but i didn't expect uh anything special except that if you include me great if you don't that's fine yeah i always felt the same way too jerry and the other thing too that uh, you know that uh, the other folks didn't have access to is uh you know we would show up to an arena you know an hour and a half two hours before a game after we got set up we had nothing but time to kill so you could wander off to the canteen so you it's not like we were ever starving no 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 right. so you no, know but i always felt like take care of the team first and absolutely. then when you're ready if you yeah. and usually they never forgot you and something came your way. Folks would be saying Quinn's full of shit right now. Don't tell me he didn't have his hand in the pizza first. But no, I, I do agree <laughs> with you. We, we would take a little rollover and a little layback and make sure that those that uh, needed it uh, got it first. Yeah, that was always the way. C- citizens of the world are we. Yes. But I, I don't know what year it was that uh, Swiss Chalet came to the Maritimes. But yeah, there was a proud moment there for you as the uh, <sighs> as the you. organizer of a meal. Thank you. That the first time I ever had Swiss Chalet on a bus. Here's the background on this one. Coming off the heels of that god-awful 
Friday night in Anagish when they were in the league. Saturday in Truro at the old Colchester County Legion Stadium. <laughs> Sunday afternoon at uh, the old Cahill Arena. So you were Friday, Saturday, Sunday on the road. It was a deluge, uh, fried chicken and pizza. We have Monday off, and then we have a god-awful trip to Tuesday. I remember it like it was last weekend. Halifax on a Tuesday, yes. Halifax on a mm-hmm. Tuesday. Uh, Gene Ingersoll uh, put me in charge, gave me an envelope of cash, and said, uh, bring me a receipt, get yourself something to eat, of course, for the boys. No problem, Gene, says I. Um, we get into Halifax at a good hour, and I'm going to be the hero of the day. I remember wandering off. I suspect you were probably in charge of getting our gadgetry put together mm-hmm. and getting us on the air. I went to... You know, borrowed a cell phone or went to the rink office or yeah. whatever, it doesn't matter. Pay phone, made a connection, and uh, ordered like 30. Um, half chicken dinners? Were well, I was just going to say, would it be a half? Well, I wouldn't go with a quarter. I probably went with a half for sure. I don't know. Quarter. I'm not, man, my size is not going to march very far in a quarter. So yeah, I probably I went with a half. Yeah, you got a budget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mashed potatoes, gravy roll, the whole nine yes. yards. Um, I don't think I told anyone, including yourself. And I was going to be the hero of the day, and it kind of went a little moderately sideways because, and this is where you enter in with your memory. They, they were, were late. Yeah. Well, I don't know that they were late. I, I asked a lot of them with 30 well, chicken okay, dinners. Okay, that, we were ready to go, and they hadn't arrived They yet. hadn't arrived, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we got ready quicker than the, the time that you allotted for them to get it there. Right, and the scales are starting to tip. Riles is going code level red on me, and I'm like, holy shit, why didn't I just go with pizza? Yeah. Uh, Nothing worse than the coach tapping his foot, wanting to leave town, maybe after a bad outcome. Right. And uh, the bus isn't wise and the bus moving. Fast forward, the cab or the delivery car from Swiss Chalet, whatever it was, I kind of forget that, doesn't matter. The chicken came to us. We did not go to the chicken. And it shows up and everyone breathes a sigh of relief and goes, man, are we eating Swiss Chalet tonight? I'm like, thank you very much, fellas. (laughs) All of a sudden, I'm back on the pedestal here. Uh, but I mean, come on, eating that. I mean, after all that shit we ate on the previous three days, mm-hmm. you know, to have that half chicken or whatever it was, all, I went probably all white meat, uh, mashed potatoes, roll, gravy. Oh, no, just I mean, have it on earth. We're eating with cutlery yeah. at this point Oh, in no, time. yeah, you had to cut it and stuff. Yeah. You know, you weren't eating with your hands. <laughs> well, I guess you could eat Swiss chalet is not hand food, though, by no, and large. No. Yeah, but the mashed potato, you mean that's the mashed potato is real civilized. So you're yeah. you're you're huffing out a Truro on a excuse me a Halifax heading towards Truro on a Tuesday night with a Swiss okay. LA of, chicken dinner on your lap. Of your memories on the road, what was uh, and I I have a, a couple to tell, but uh, and I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot. No. What was your best uh, sit down meal on the road with with a with the team? Do you remember a favorite spot or a favorite meal? Well, I'll tell you what, when we were overnighting in Truro, now we, we consider Moncton the hub city of New Brunswick, and by and large, they consider Truro to be the hub city right. of uh, Nova Scotia. So when we're overnighting, you're Friday in Anaganish, uh, you're Saturday in Truro, you had a couple of meals in Truro, and then you're off to Summerside, or you were uh, doing another Nova Scotian run. But I don't remember staying anywhere in Nova Scotia other than Truro. So Truro was always the road home base. Mm-hmm. Um and not to sound like a complete complete pig here, but Truro on an overnighter meant there was a buffet at Pizza Delight. And that is right. And it was mm-hmm. well stocked and I was Well, you warned them. Yes. Oh yes. yes. They knew that we yes, they yeah, a hundred percent. You don't just walk into any of these no, places, no. folks, when you got thirty people that are coming in. No. You give them an ample warning. Yeah. So uh you know, I don't know if that was one of the best ones, but that was one of the ones where you can make a complete pig out of yourself. I look at no stranger as I reflect on Truro. Uh, we used to stay at that Journey's End Inn or Days Inn, whatever it was. Is it Journey's End 
or Journey's Journey's End. Journey's End and Daisy, and I get them confused. It was one of the hotels there on the main drag. And um, no restaurant. So across the street was Smitty. So breakfast the next morning mm-hmm. in Truro was always a killer. You go over and get a, yeah. uh, a haystack of pancakes and surround her by some sausage and bacon, and uh, you were in business. It was a great, as you like to say, base to start your day. Yes. There there, um, many a trip to Yarmouth, but I can't remember any place we ate in Yarmouth. I absolutely do. I'm okay. Uh, the only times I've been, well, I've been to Yarmouth twice. Uh, one time we stayed at the Rod Grand River. Uh, the other night we stayed at the Best Western, which was the night of that debacle we got ourselves into. But there used to be, and I want to say George's, although there's one here, it's not a chain. There was a gentleman who was a sponsor of the team. He was uh, recommended from the team. It was just a block up above the hotel, a little pizzeria, and he had pasta uh, and your typical pizza donairs. Yeah, like, I don't remember that. Yeah, George, he was a great guy. And it was handy to the hotel, so it was out of convenience, and then he would deliver if you were, like, uh, on game two. And by the way, you went to Yarmouth, uh, you always went to Yarmouth for two in those days. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was George's. Um, do you want to go on the Best Western story, or do we let that one go? Well, depending on which part you want to tell. <laughs> well, maybe we'll save that one yeah, for Yeah, we'll save that for another time. Save that one for another this time. This is supposed to be more food-based than it was anything. Yeah. Here's one for you, May. I throw this at you. And I lived down in this corridor for four years of my life, four great years uh, further on from Antigonish, but I don't ever remember where we ate in Antigonish, and we were there enough. Well, the only meal I remember you and I had there was the, that, that game where we showed up early because they were having a skating, uh, uh, figure show. skating ice show. And you and I went across the street and had a beer and a steak at, at, a, at a pub. Do, and do you remember the significance of that day? Uh, it was Grey Cup. Yes, the Grey Cup was on the TV. It was Grey Cup Sunday in the lobby of the rink, mm-hmm. and I think the Bombers were playing. Matter of fact, so here's the story there, and I don't know that we were any earlier than we should have been. Right, what, we we missed a memo, or they forgot to send a memo. Yeah, that the game was off put by two hours or mm-hmm. an hour and a half, and it was, say it was supposed to be a four o'clock start, it was seven thirty start or something. That was our infamous crack up that we've had on one of our podcasts before. Absolutely. Yes. So we went over to. Because we were giddy. Y- yeah. <laughs> we were. That was a long day. Well, and again, it was. Was that the Riles years? Yeah, it was. For sure. And he, he went code level <laughs> uh, because the game is not starting at a specific yeah. time. And I said, Jerry, there's no Jesus way I'm sitting in this ring for the next three hours. No. We're going for a walk. And we ended up at uh, Cross the Street at a place called. And when I say go for a walk, we walked about 12 steps. Street, yeah. <laughs> I think it was called Chugglers. And we had a steak and a, a couple of beers. Mm-hmm. And it was Great Cup Sunday. Things are going good. Yeah. Um, but that was the scene of the great, we melted down there on the uh, station. Do you remember Woodstock? Well, I always thought, I, rem- I recall it's always Pizza Hut in Woodstock. Well, Woodstock, there was a direct connection to Pizza Hut because, well, he's from here. Right. Uh, Dwight. Right. Um. White uh, Frazier, Frazier, good one. Um, was the Pizza Delight franchisee also a Subway guy too? So you had your. Foot- oh, it wasn't Pizza? No, no, Pizza Hut for sure. Yeah, okay, but he was also a Subway guy because they were the Subway Slammers. So you had your, you had oh, your. Must add subs. Oh there yeah, too. You know, you had your flip yeah. of the coin. One week it would be Pizza Hut. The second week it would right. be uh, Subway. I always took great joy in going back to Woodstock because I spent two years there at NBCC Woodstock. And, uh, you know, I used to see some old friends. I do have some family over there, so I used to always see uh, my relatives. And uh, I always enjoy going to Woodstock. Um, and they, Jerry, am I crazy, or was that also a Friday Night Affair, by and large? 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think Friday night Just was... Just like, uh, seems like Grand Falls has become a Friday night affair, too. Okay. You know, in, in the current uh, MHL. So let's go around to Brunswick. Hamilton, Moncton, Woodstock. There was no Fredericton in those days. Never did Fredericton. There was no Grand Falls. There was no Woodstock. Excuse Road. me, there was no Edmonston. We did Summerside and Campbellton, didn't we? All right, so Summerside. No, we haven't touched on Summerside. So... Are you ready for this, folks? I think I know where you're going. Hang on to your hat here. Summerside was, again, by and large, on the tail end of that god-awful run. Whether you were on the tail end of that Antigonish Friday, Truro Saturday, Summerside Sunday, or you were going over on a Sunday. Just for one game. It was usually Sunday was the day. Yeah. And they were usually afternoon affairs. Mm-hmm. Um... I think I'm right in saying this. I can see the invoice in the bag. Um, Notre Dame restaurant, Little Jimmy, the main uh, man. Anyone, yeah. anyone who's PEI connected here or been to the old Cahill um, knows Little Jimmy and the Notre Dame. And you had your oh my god, I'm getting I'm getting chills thinking of this. You had your choice. <laughs> Follow along here. You, yes, you, I like that. Yeah, you, you had your choice of a three piece chicken dinner, right? Clubhouse and fries, right? Or the hot hamburger. I remember the clubhouse and fries and the chicken. I no, no, the there was always a third one, and the hot hamburger yeah. came with a little vegetable medley and a scoop of mashed potatoes <laughs> and smothered in gravy. And Jimmy, as you'll recall, was always a beauty. He always would bonus you because he appreciated the business. And, of course, 30 hungry people on a Sunday afternoon is a good run yep. for any restaurant. Yep. He would always uh, throw in some cookies, if you remember that. Yes, I do remember that. But that yes. was a, Summerside was a great stop yeah. because you had that choice. And the other reason Summerside was a great stop Oh, again, I'm getting chills. The old Cahill. I can't remember eating at the new arena. I say new arena. God knows how old it is now, but the newest arena. But do you remember the canteen at the Cahill? If I'm saying that right, it's Cahill or Cahill or whatever, but the old arena, yeah, um, that was a canteen of all canteens. Like We're talking that. dinners, clam dinners and chicken tender dinners, and it was full friggin' service. And if you got there earlier enough, you were having a scoff at the mm-hmm. Cahill. And I tell you what, after two days on the road and a few wobbly pops in the hotels, you were due for a little feed in Summerside around high noon by the time the, uh, oh, the good ship I remember ship many a time when we'd in. go over there on a Sunday and we'd have to eat before the game. <laughs> like the coaches and you and I would go down the street, I think to Jimmy's, I remember walking down the street. Uh, did wasn't his? Yeah, his, it was. It was handy. It was handy. Yeah, it was handy. And we'd go down and, and for whatever you know, it's a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Whatever we did the Saturday night mm-hmm. before, whether Timberwolves played Saturday night or not, probably. Mm-hmm. But then wanted to get something to eat before the game. And you know what? I really have. There was a you know people are listening in going well they were hung over in that, but there was no real crazy nights. But no. we would have a few drinks in the hotel, play cards, and watch a late game in the yeah. NHL, and then go to bed. But yeah. you're right. When you get into Summerside, we would roll down. Though I remember Wood Henderson LeBlanc. That was those years. Mike would probably be more want to stay back with the kids. Excuse me, the players. While Henderson would, you and I would go in pursuit of. Uh, a little bite to eat. Irresponsible us, yes. Yeah, irresponsible us. Well, again, we're not in charge of them hey, anyways. So. While we're talking buses and Henderson and Wood come to mind, let's not forget real quickly here. We won't spend too much time on it. Because, Jamie Henderson, Sean Wood. Sorry, I'm throwing that Both out there. Both principals now, by the way. Yeah. Ju- we're principals then. No. Sean is a principal at MVHS and Jamie is principal at uh, Max Aiken. Right. Well, now they're in. Uh, now you got me nervous. They're in positions of authority here now, but uh, what? And they're educated people with degrees on their walls. Remember that story, but, but we, we'll tell that for another but time. That's right where it's going. We used okay. to we used to take them down in games of Trivial Pursuit like it was nothing. Wouldn't. But tell the punchline. So we're going. It was a trip to Yarmouth, and um, we have two games to do, and stuff comes up while we're on the air about what happened on the way to the game or whatever. 
And we waxed on about that, you know, couple numbskulls we are. Mm-hmm. We beat Wood and Henderson at Trivial yes. Pursuit. And it got back to them. The broadcasters <laughs> took the teachers down. And by the time we got back on the bus, the, one of their wives or someone they knew texted yeah, them yeah. and said, hey, the boys were carving you up online there, or on the air, I should say. <laughs> uh, that'll always go down in history as uh, one of the funnier things that happened uh, was that. That they got real, and they they were upset that we went on about it, uh, if I recall. Oh, it was a thing. Yes, it, it was, was a thing. Uh, there was nearly a brouhaha. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, uh, uh, okay. So uh, I'm forgetting Dartmouth. Uh, I do remember broadcasting from the old Dartmouth uh, Sportsplex. It was called with the. Do you remember Dartmouth in the league? That's after you or before you, I should say. Never in that. You know, the only time I was in that rink for a game was the Air Canada Cup. Oh, Rivermen were there for the Atlantics beautiful. or for the Nationals. It was the Nationals because yes. the Atlantics were in in uh, Newfoundland, nineteen ninety two, ninety one or ninety two. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, did all the games on CFAN, and I believe Butch was the color guy on the games. Uh, but that's the only time I've ever done a game from uh, Dartmouth. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, I remember listening to some games from Dartmouth. So you and you and Don were, were there. I, and absolutely, Dartmouth. because Dartmouth was only in the league one year. Yeah. And we're going to touch on that real quickly, too. They were only in, oh, I shouldn't say they were only in the league one year. They were they only hung in for one more year after we came along. Um, but I'm going to guess pizza, uh, uh, Jerry. I don't remember too much about Dartmouth. Mm. I, I do remember one night uh, real quickly, uh, and Dunn, you know, Dunn was great. But he always needed someone handy. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And I, I don't know if I went to the bathroom or I went wandering for a bite to eat in between periods and I wandered too far and I ended up, it seems to me it was connected to it's one of those multi-purpose buildings. There was a pool. Yeah. And I ended up in the pool area and I got locked out of the rink and it became a whole thing. I didn't know what to do or no, <laughs> no one would let me back in. I can in. imagine. No one would let me back in via the hall I had come down. No one was listening to my knocks on the door. So I wandered outside and got all turned around and oh, I probably missed about nine or ten minutes of the whatever period it was and done, <laughs> done shooting the daggers. And I said, don't worry about it. I'm all right. So let's go back. Let's think of that Nova Scotia division. So Halifax, Antigonish, Truro, Dartmouth, Yarmouth. So we never broadcasted during the years of Pictou County, Valley, South Shore, uh, or any of those teams that are in the league right now. So as we were thinking about this stuff in preparation for this today, it's staggering. And I, I might miss one or two here, maybe three. Um, but it's staggering the number of teams that have come and gone since we've been in the league. Oh, yeah. And we came in in 2000, 2001. No, you've, yeah. You've, you've so in year one. Documented that many times. In year one, there was a team in Moncton, no longer exists. Mm-hmm. There was a team in Charlottetown, no longer exists. Mm-hmm. There was a team in Anianish, no longer exists. There was a team in Dartmouth, no longer exists. And there was a team in Halifax, no longer exists. So there's five teams that are gone halifax in our time follow this oland exports lions team pepsi metro marauders and shipbuilders halifax has had five incarnations of a junior a franchise in our 21 years in the maritime hockey league Mm -hmm. which is just bizarre um woodstock came and went well we were talking today about the fact that uh, on on the date of this broadcast, Moncton uh, Region 1 and Region 2 are now in orange, and so there's no hockey being played there by a major junior or any type of hockey, I believe. Right. And here we are in the MHL, 
Timberwolves are on the road in in Grand Falls. Uh, Fredericton's over in Campbellton tonight, and uh, the Campbellton will come to Miramichi tomorrow. And how the northern half of the province mm-hmm. is uh, running clean, as you would say, no. running pure, running pure. <laughs> uh, knock on wood for that. Yes, absolutely. Um. <laughs> but how the franchises have changed, and of course, you got Edmonton up here too. So it's another new franchise that relocated from Dieppe. Yeah. Well, again, here's yeah here here's an. Is Edmondson the former Commandos? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And Grand Falls is the former Slammers. Right. Right. Here's... Am I saying that right? Yeah. Slammers went to Grand Falls. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, very good. Um, I was just going to say something real profound there, but I lost my... Uh, I so lost when my it way comes, there. So when it comes to... Uh, of course, I've seen many places oh, on the road. I know what it was. Sorry. Okay, do you want to start over? No, 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 you go ahead. No, no, this is all part of it. Go ahead. Okay. Many places on the road, um, especially when you go on those uh, with the Wildcats or the Sea Dogs, you're going on those uh, three games in three days or three games in four-day road trips. Mm -hmm. And um, one place that stands out for me, and there's many a time you're sitting and eating your food on your lap in – so this is Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, yes, Jerry talking. Right. Very good. Uh, in Drummondville, there's this place, and we always hit it for the meal, the pregame meal. And then a pregame meal will be like 2 o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. if the game's at 7. And it's usually a chicken and pasta-based type of meal. So That's all they always ate was so, chicken and pasta in some form. Okay, so let me jump in here just uh, for, so folks can follow along here. Whether this is Sea Dogs, Jerry, or Moncton Wildcats, Jerry, just to be clear, you were included in all the goings-on. Yes. Okay. Every bit of travel, uh, rooms, meals, everything, the broadcaster, and or, let's say, uh, Scott Briggs uh, for the Telegraph Journal way back in year one, Mm -hmm. or uh, Neil Hodge with the Wildcats, always included, invited, whether you came or not, you knew what time meal was. Right. If you showed up, fine. If you didn't, fine, too. Yeah, and don't be late. Right. But in this Drummondville stop... It was a, uh, it's an Italian, a nice Italian restaurant that had a pasta bar. And what that means is uh, you tell them what pasta you want. They put it in a pan with the sauce you want, all the vegetables you want. They swish it around, fire it up, boom, boom, throw it on a plate. And it was Jesus. magnificent. Murphy, that sounds Any type of, uh, you know, it could unreal. be a, a white sauce, a red sauce, a pesto, whatever you wanted. And any type of ham, uh, a sausage, you know, tomatoes, onions, mushrooms, Jerry, whatever Jerry. you wanted to put on it. I'm, I'm and I'm telling you, here. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, well, I never missed that one. Well, and can, we stopped in Drummondville every time we went to Quebec can I, in one way, shape, or form. Allow me to interrupt. Are you uh, are you allowed a, a second go here? Is this buffet style or no? Everybody, no. You should have seen the plate. I mean, it's a full plate. Oh, okay. It's so you, a you, full plate. You were satisfied after one. That you they make it specially for you. What do you want? Wow. And bang, and it comes up piping hot, and you could get back to your your seat. Of course, we're all sitting in a section of the of the restaurant. The restaurant might have been open too, but they know we're coming. Anyways, all kinds of bread, the type of bread you would want and everything else that would go with it, salad that would go with it too. So let me talk about, let's, let us let me get into Q Jerry's brain. And, you know, never been to Baycomo. I don't think I've ever knowingly been in Drummondville or Victoriaville or any of those spots. So I'll give those a pass. But, I mean, the three big stops, 
well, the two big stops, and one of them no longer has a team other than out in the suburbs there in Blainville. But I'm assuming when Montreal was in the league, you did some broadcasting up there. So you're in downtown Montreal, or you're in downtown Quebec City, which is beautiful, or, um, and I love it. I've been there twice and loved every second of every visit. I'm assuming St. John's Newfoundland was a great stop. Oh, St. John's was a great stop. But here, here's the thing that you probably uh, – uh, miss a little bit and, and hitting Drummondville was something that we did as we were going somewhere or leaving town or coming into town one or the mm-hmm. other um, most of the time the team would want to stay somewhere that could also accommodate them for meals so you would come down for breakfast uh, you'd come down for lunch they'd have a buff uh, a, a banquet room cordoned off for you that you would come in and uh, the uh, buffet was laid out, and it's chicken and pasta for lunch. But there was one time we were in, I think it was Bay Como. And Bay Como had this quaint little hotel. It was, mm-hmm. it was almost like old English hotel. But they, we went downstairs into the, in the banquet room, and they prepared stuff. And it was an after-game after meal of this roast beef with... Uh, uh, An au jus? Uh, I don't know. Whatever it was and the gravy that they had and everything, it was just oh, marvelous. Yeah. And what's your starch? Are we going potato or what are we doing? No, nah, it was that puffy thing. No, there was mashed potatoes. The what's puffy what's thing? the puffy thing? Um, oh, Jesus, I don't know. Anyways, it was a full, you know, all the trimmings for a roast beef meal was- What's uh, the puffy thing? I mean, I'm curious. Is it like a- there's a term for it. Like a Yorkshire remember. pudding? Or yeah, something like that. Something like that, really? Yeah, something like that. Now, listen, am I correct in saying, I'm sure it's the, the quaint hotel you speak of, did McLaughlin sub in for you on a, on a Bacon Mole run at one point in time? Yes, that's correct. He, he referred to that hotel, I believe, as Wayne Manor there with the Batman yeah, reference. that's it. Is, is, that's that the one? is it, yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, St. John's? I mean, come on. Uh, Newfoundland, of course, uh, mile one's right on the main drag, and right there, there is a Holiday Inn next to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the only time you went outside was to, after right. the game, you went down onto George Street, George Street and had a f- few pops and came home. Yep. But everything else was handled inside the hotel, again, banquet room, that sort of thing. When Lewiston was in the league... Oh, I forgot about Lewiston. This was... Um, uh, so you're you, going international here on yes, me now. You'd always have to travel a day to get there, okay? Because right. Lewiston from Moncton is a trip. Sure. We always stopped in Bangor at Longhorns. Come on. Now, so we're going to. We're, so this is the, the day we're traveling. I just heard steak there. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm telling you, they put on a good. And again, the restaurant's open, but they have us all cordoned off in a major section of you know 35 people. Right. And tremendous meal there. But the reason I got onto that, again, we stayed at the same hotel, and it was kind of like staying in a, I don't know if you ever heard of a Knight's Inn. It was like it was um, yeah, I know what you an mean. old castle type a, of. A medieval. But an uh, older one. Mm-hmm. I remember that's the only place on the road that they would have a hot oatmeal in a big uh, serving tray a little, for breakfast. A little hopper. Hot oatmeal. And it was tremendously so, good. It was really like real good oatmeal. Again, I don't know that I've ever knowingly been into Lewis and I may have driven through. Is Lewis and just help well, me? Well, they out? call it LA. No, but help me out here. Is it is it Munkin size? Is it Halifax sized? Or no. no, neither. No. Oh, really? It's actually two twin cities, and they call it LA, Lewis and Auburn. 
Lewis and Auburn. <laughs> yeah, okay. they call it downtown L.A. It seems to me, I, can, I remember them in the league. They had a little brief run. Uh, they went to the Memorial Cup one year, too, as I recall. They won the league championship. Yeah. They um, didn't win the Memorial Cup, but they won the league championship. No, but they were there, is what yes. I'm saying. I remember seeing them on TV um, in the spring of the year. Um, but what, they, where I'm going there, they had a great social media splash. And it seems to me, at least on camera, Jerry, uh, in the pictures I saw, it seemed like the uh, it was called the Androscoggin Arena. Here I am getting real loserly here, and I didn't look that up. And you know what its claim to fame is? Well, hang on here one second. It seemed like a nice rink, or am I crazy? Oh, no, it was a nice rink. Yeah. No, no, it was a nice rink. So what's the, what are you asking me there? What's the claim? What the claim to fame is? Of that arena? Yes. <sighs> I'm going to go right off the grid here. Um... And Angus Scott, whatever the word you just Andrew Scott, it's like yeah, a bank. It's, an, it's a bank, yeah. yeah. I'm going to guess, uh, where are we here? In Lewiston, Maine. I'm going to say training camp for the 1980 Olympic team. No. Okay. Hosted Muhammad Ali versus Sonny Liston in the 60s. Holy shit, and really? And it, it was the infamous um, phantom punch. That right. they said, you know, the infamous picture of, of Ali standing over Liston and, and doing that pose? Yeah, yeah. That was at that rink. And it, interesting, that was in L.A. That was in the, that particular rink because no other state would uh, authorize it. Sanction it. Sanction it there. Thanks. That's the right word. Mm -hmm. Except for Maine. And they had it there. And in the lobby remember, of was, the rink. Was that sports or was that political or just political really yeah oh my gosh um in the rinks lobby is all the newspaper front pages of and the whole story about the whole fight and how it came there and of course me i'm there for let's say a morning skate i'm right. out there reading that whole thing 100 you are yeah, it was it's a night it's it's a big piece of history so let's just uh wrap up on uh the lewiston uh and i asked just pure nerdery was there ever any hangups at the border? Because, again, at the Q level, you would have some international players uh, from Russia or Switzerland. Great question. Was there ever any hangups there? Never a hangup. Uh, maybe uh, 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 some clarification on a, on a passport or something like that. But they would bring us in. Uh, so you had to disembark? Yes. Listen, we had to disembark. Get, what am I talking about <laughs> that's here? That's what they would say. You had to get off the bus. We had to get off the bus. They ran the dog through it. Checked everything. They dogged you. Well, they'd have to. I I believe they did. Mm -hmm. I never ever saw the dog get on, but I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they'd have to check it. I never saw the dog get on, but there was paw marks in the alley in the aisle. So we would all get in the lobby, and um, wow, uh, everybody individually would go up and passport da 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 stamp stamp wait a minute. and it wasn't a very long wait at all. Anytime we ever got there, so no, there was never a hang up. At the at the border uh, to go to Lewiston, never. They draw well. Uh, the maniacs—they were called the main eacs, which I thought was a nice, a good play on words. Sure. Uh, they always—it uh, was a decent crowd, always a good, enthusiastic crowd, and really uh, cozy confines. Like uh, from a broadcast perspective, I'm right well, over top of the ice, and the ceiling's not that high, so I'm close. I don't even need a program. Right. I mean, I don't even need a lineup. I can read their backs. Well, look, you know, at and I know the numbers anyways, but I mean, you could read their backs if I had to. If you're telling me that Ali Liston fight was there, that was in the 60s. That rink's not young. So you're telling me 
You know, it's a nice. Oh, it's rink. had some facelifts, yes, yeah. but no, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, uh, well-maintained rink. You know, very clean, very nice. Yeah, Portland's always been AHL and now ECHL, East Coast Hockey League. Uh, Orono and Brewer has always been the home of uh, Maine. Um, I find it interesting, although I mean, come on, there's no regional rivalry there because you're kind of stranded. But it's interesting that it didn't work the way anyone anticipated it working. Yeah, the the uh, the Q and uh, the U.S. Um, it's never no, it's never taken off. Maine's never taken off. Can Where I, can, in the other two leagues, the WHL and the CHL, sure. well, the, the WHL has a whole division, whole division. of American teams right. in the state of Washington. Well, in Ontario league, you'd have what Saginaw, Erie, Erie. Uh, Flint, this is another one, yeah, Flint, yeah, there's three. Let me ask you this. Um, but their proximity to the border is close, too. Can, can I ask, and again, I, I don't want to get geopolitical here and open up a whole, make this an international incident, but is L.A., as you call it, Lewis and Auburn, is there, again, we're talking Quebec major junior hockey league, uh, the the Q being Quebec, is it a is it a French pocket of Maine? And the only reason I ask you that is because right now they have a team playing in some junior league down there, and they're called the Maine Nordiques, which is... Yeah, that's a good question. I think there is a vein of French... A there. vein of French through I there. think there Beautiful. is. That's very poetic and descriptive of you. But they French. did try it in Maine before. It was Plattsburgh, wasn't it? That was in New York. Oh, New York. Uh, you know, New York? Yeah, Plattsburgh is in New York. Your buddy played there. Torchetti. He was the only guy. You look up the I Plattsburgh know. Pioneers. I know. They played less than, oh, I'm going to say less Not than many. 30 games. Yeah. The okay. other thing I wanted to bring up about uh, Lewiston, um, uh, always a great time there. And... Um, uh, Jonathan Bernier played for the Maniacs then. Right, right, right. And uh, one of my uh, – oh, it was, a, it was an interview that uh, couldn't stop because he was so, um, he was so articulate and, uh, of course, the questions were good and uh, came out of the dressing room just, yeah, can I talk to Jonathan? Yeah, we'll go in and get him and came out just standing in the stands. Like, you always had to get your interviews two hours before the game. Right. And he came out and must have spent – 20 minutes talking and his brother played in the nhl too he never mm-hmm. took off and and but uh, that was his biggest inspiration anyway he's had a long story about his family and things like that and i've always uh, had a fondness for jonathan bernier even though he times he played for the leafs let's go back we're back onto the food train here because that's been the general theme of this show what about the eats in downtown montreal and quebec like would you like uh, I'm assuming in Montreal or quebec on a saturday evening after a game you're heading downtown to some yeah but we don't stay in montreal you don't stay in Montreal. It's too expensive. So we'd go in for the game, and it would be part of a road trip anyway. So you have your base somewhere else, in the outskirts somewhere. So you never had an overnighter in downtown Montreal? No. Oh. Downtown Quebec City, yes. But then again, everything was handled inside the hotel. You didn't want to have to get on the bus and go to have something to eat. You want to walk down in your tracksuit, in whatever you got on, uh, ball cap, go down, have something to eat, and head back to your room. And it's all about eating and sleeping. They need to get their rest, and they need to get their nourishment. And it's not about me and me gaining weight because I'm eating chicken and pasta every goddamn day. <laughs> and every goddamn meal, they get to go on the ice and burn it off. You know, I, so I, that was that. But it, it, there was the far fetches of. So you um, never woke up at a hotel in Victoriaville and looked at yourself in the mirror and said, "I'm getting a little frumpy here." No, there was times where I said, "I don't think I need to go for lunch." I always liked to have the breakfast, and the breakfast was always well, a regular you, breakfast. You are no, you like to start your day with a good base. Yeah, regular breakfast. That's go a, up and do my research. Get ready for the game. Not necessarily do I need 
to have chicken and pasta at lunchtime. It's <laughs> a lot of carbs. No. Yeah. Yeah. I would go down sometimes just for the update, anything I need to know type of thing and you know, that kind of thing. Or go to the morning skate that day, and I would have got a coffee and a donut while I was out there, too. I don't need anything during the day. But um, the other the other places, um, because Val d'Or and Runarand are so close to each other, well, they're an hour apart, in the northern western regions of Quebec, um, always remember the pizza in uh, Runaranda. It was that thick dish, lovely pizza. <laughs> don't even know... Don't even know the... They, uh, like a, they like a thick crust up in northern Quebec? Well, it's a deep dish. Let's call it a deep dish. And it was... I don't know where they got it from. And then across <laughs> the street... Hold on now. Across the street from the Dave Keon Arena, mm-hmm. which is now called the I Am Gold, I'm Gold Arena. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a... Mining company. Mining company, thank you. Yep. Right across the street... 24-hour poutine. Oh, it is right across the street the night. from the rink, and the rink's on a quaint little street. It's not a busy street. Well, it's a quaint little corner, and the rink's situated right on the corner. It's a cool little spot in lo- downtown Ruinaranda. I love to learn. Okay, you're referencing downtown Ruinaranda. First of all, how north are these? Are north right? Northwestern, yes. So if you were leaving it's Montreal, north. like how far north of Montreal are we talking? Um, I just know it's three and a half, four hours from Gatineau, which is across this, uh, the bridge from Ottawa. Right. Okay. So I don't know from Montreal. So in my mind's eye, again, I, I just think of northern expansion or northern expanse, wild area. Um, Ruin Aranda, Valdor, are they Moncanesque in size and scope or no? Uh, no. Uh, Valdor is, uh, again, a mining town. Ruin Aranda is the bigger of the two, of course. Uh, very hustling and bustling, but I, I I can't say I know the population. The population of Valdor is definitely less, and I think the population of Runaran is in that sixty five thousand range. Would you only do that once a year? Once a year, yes. Yes. And am I crazy? And uh, maybe I got this all wrong. Maybe it was a playoff. Did, am I right out to lunch, or did you guys did you fly there once? Uh, we always. We always either uh, usually would um, I'm sure was, one or the other. I'm we'd sure either draw, we'd ever fly there. So you have flown there, yes. Into and it's always into Valdor. It's not into Runaranda. And Irving being what they are, and the Wildcats, and the way those kids are treated, we're not we're not bush plane in here. We'd you're, either either fly in. You're on a corporate jet. Uh, a charter jet. Whatever. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's not a corporate jet. It'd be chartered. Um. At times, we would either drive to Gatineau, play a game in Gatineau. You got a day to get to, to the next stop. So you have a day between Which to get closer? to Valdor. Valdor, Valdor is closer? Valdor is closer. All right. So you take the day to get there, but you took the bus all the way to Gatineau. So that would be a travel day in itself. Mm-hmm. So picture Jerry, or picture uh, Jerry, who also had a regular job and also did this. So I would get on the bus, let's say... And they would do a courtesy and pick you up in Chatham, right? As they came north. No. It was, no? If, they're going to, if you're going to oh, Quebec, going you're going way. out through Fredericton right, and out that way. Right. So I'm driving. You're going trans Every game was a road trip for me. <laughs> I'm going to a home game, hour and a half. On I'm going ro- on the road. It's an hour and a half. On the road again. I enjoyed it. Yeah, sure. So let's say we would... Um, uh, travel on a Wednesday. So I'm traveling to get on the bus Wednesday. We travel all day Wednesday to get to uh, to get to Gatineau. Okay. We play Gatineau Thursday night. 
have a day, a Friday, to get to Valdor to play them on Saturday night and then hit Runarand on Sunday, and then you're taking the plane home. You're not driving home. You can, it's a terrible, terrible trip to have to play the game and then start traveling the, I think it's 16 hours, to get home. And so you'd have to stop somewhere and set up camp halfway home. All right, so, so I'm following along. You guys, after that three-day run, are flying home. And the bus would drive itself home. Well, not drive itself home. <laughs> it's not a transformer. But let's say all, but, the, but, equipment, but, but, all the equipment would be in the bus. But there would be double tandem bus drivers, and off they'd go. Right. Away wow. they go. And usually the equipment manager would go with the bus. Again, you can't imagine at junior level. I mean, look at Plattsburgh Pioneers lasted less than 20 games. Lewis and Folded, some of the teams are struggling. And here you guys are on chartered planes mm-hmm. flying in and out. Like, you really have no concept. Or it'd be of, vice versa. We'd fly all the way into Valdor. Whatever. Either play way, them first. Either way. Then go to Gatineau. Either way, and, you're flying. Yes. There's no way the one, Acadie, one way, yes. The Acadie Bath or Seaton have never flown to or from. I don't know about that. Maybe playoffs. Yeah. I'll give you a pass on the playoffs. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But it's a long trip. Think about Cape Breton. Cape Breton has to fly more than anybody. You think they got the budget for that? They can't. They can't bus it everywhere. So when Cape- their nearest opponent is what three hours away, Halifax, yeah, four for sure. So, what are you saying there? When they go on a Quebec run, they will fly out of Sydney and and, and base themselves out of somewhere and rent a bus up there. I and- don't know the exact logistics, but I it's a long. It's a lot of traveling, Pat. If you got to leave Cape Breton to go to Quebec. I mean, just to get to the border of Quebec, how long would that be? Well, that's a trip. <laughs> yeah. I left, uh, listen to this, I left Cape Breton many years ago, 1996 to be exact, went to see uh, Metallica at the old Colisee. Left, I uh, used to work four till midnight at the former CIGO in Port Hawkesbury, 1410 CIGO. Get off the air. 1410 CIGO. Uh, okay. The voice of Richmond, Inverness, Anagamish, and Guysborough counties. But anyways, I used to work four till midnight, get off the air, midnight in Cape Breton. Now picture this. Midnight in Cape Breton and drove to here, Miramichi. Met my buddy Mark Barry, and we carried on to Quebec City to get, to get to that show on Saturday evening. Watched the Metallica show, got up Sunday morning, drove back to Miramichi, dropped Mark off, and then off I go to Cape Breton. Just this horrifying like, literally spent a day in a car for a three-hour show in a hotel somewhere. I don't even remember where I stayed. Ask me the name of the tour. You what lo- was the name of the tour? 1996, they had a record out called Load, so it was Load on the Road Tour. But. And the opening band was Corrosion of Conformity. You make it sound like it was so terrible to drive all that way. Loved every minute You and of Mark it. never shut up, and it didn't seem uh, like it was that long oh, of a drive. Oh, it's not a complaint. No. not a complaint. Loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that 44-year-old Patty would love that. Well. Well, look, you want to talk. You get in the car and you start talking. Before you know it, you're somewhere. Well, let's let's regale the folks with this story, and we'll maybe we'll end here. Uh, one time, I forget the context. Uh, the time uh, you asked me to uh, accompany you to Cape Breton, refresh me on the the context of that. We left after a Timberwolves game. I had a uh, I was DJing the night before. You were DJing. That's exactly what on it was. on a Saturday night, and they were going to play a Sunday game. Right. Uh, afternoon game in Cape Breton. We waited. Until I had the, nobody to cover for me. Was it a was it a was it a wedding gig or a Christmas mm-hmm. gig or it was a wedding? And I I remember meeting you at the Rod. Right, we left from the Rod. I think fortunately, for some reason, maybe it shut down. At, we were done at midnight mm-hmm. for some reason. Anyways, we seemed to get out of there early, and we drove all night. Drove. We drove all. Well, first of all, we had to go 
to Moncton to pick up a vehicle. Right, we switched with the Rogers. company vehicle, right. the Rogers vehicle, yeah. and then away we went. Good memory. And that was that was a well, that was a to do. And I knew people in Port Hawkesbury, the Sampson family. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was about you know five hours from Moncton, four hours, and uh, they put us up for what two or three hour nap. I think we had a nap in the shower. We had a shower, and then we journeyed on to Sydney on the return. So this is Sunday afternoon. Do you remember the interesting footnote to that for people like you and I? Well, we stopped to eat. No, 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 no. The the actual the, the Screaming Eagles roster. Do you remember the significance of that trip for us? No. I believe it was the first game that uh, Malone and Milson played with each other in Cape Breton. Well, interesting you remember that. No, I don't recall that. So we get off that game. So a 2 o'clock start in Sydney, Jerry. It's over, what, 4.30, let's mm-hmm. say. We're out of the town by 5. Stopped in Alds Cove, the Irving uh, big stop. And then made our final Had push. A lovely feed. Well, every big stop feed is good. Absolutely. Yeah. I, w- I go overly aggressive. Uh, uh, you tone or bound, don't No, not that night, I don't well, remember. Because tell that's them what happened next. That's where I'm going. Normally, you would tone it down, but you went all in on this particular <laughs> meal. And then I dozed off, as I always do on you. And then we woke up somewhere. Where were we? We were on like- An off-ramp. We were on an off-ramp. I, my eyes got heavy. And as that was enough, it was dark. And uh, don't know what time it was at the time. I re- uh, Here's my side of that. I remember, you know, <laughs> the passenger. So I'd be leaning against the passenger door, and I remember waking up and WFAN out of New York was on, and the car wasn't moving. I said, "Jesus Christ, what happened here?" And I look over, and you're <laughs> you're having a snooze, and I nudge you awake. We might have been halfway home then. I don't even um, know where we were. I don't know where on we an were. Off and ramp. I said, I, well, get on an off ramp. It's a safe spot. It was a nice long off ramp, so we we're tucked off to the side. <laughs> and I said, "I've got to close my eyes." And I don't know how long we were there. We were there for a while. Oh, my god! We might have been there a couple hours for sure. I, right. I don't recall. But, <laughs> um, this uh, podcast uh, episode 19 here is almost uh, our, our homage to Seinfeld. It's kind of been a thing about nothing. Yes, And we've, we've gone on long here, but uh, all in the interest of uh, sharing stories and talking old times and... Uh, uh, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast, Apple and Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, the other thing is I've come to find out here, Jerry, and I'm going to ask folks if they're so inclined, if you could help Jerry and I out. Give us, um, you've been doing that. You got something stuck to your... Something. Don't worry about me. Go ahead. All right. So uh, the other thing I've come to find out is that uh, the, uh, the, the liking or the... The, the, the rating it, the, the, the five stars, uh, we would appreciate five, but uh, the rating is is important in this podcast world as far as placement and uh, how the metrics work. And either way, this is never going to be a career for Jerry and I. This yeah, is, do we care about the metrics? Well, I, know, I, I know we'd like them to just, uh, acknowledge uh, their listening li- listenership in I, the right look, way, I guess. Here's a is fact of the matter. Mean? This yeah. is merely an outlet for you and I. Yeah. And those that listen, we appreciate it. Those that share it after they've listened to it, we appreciate it. But, uh, you know, whether there's two years or 2,000 years or 2 million years, uh, we're going to do it anyways. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is very <laughs> cathartic, as it were, and uh, just a way to have a chat. But anyways, if you could uh, subscribe and uh, give us a rating, we would uh, appreciate that. I don't know where we go from here, where the next episode well, is. Well, I think the next episode, and we di- we were thinking of maybe putting it into two episodes, but I really do want to go over some of the great people that we lost in, in 2020. Well, and so many stories to tell about some of those people. It would be like almost 
Uh, for the local guys and, of course, the, the celebrities that died in, in 2022, it could be a whole show in itself. And just the, the events of 2020 outside of the those we've lost. I mean, Because I went down the path, Patty, and there's so many names and stories to tell about a number of people that, that I forgot or, or overlooked that had died in the, well, in the last uh, 11 months. Can I just say this? Um, okay, so we're going to make a whole podcast of that. We did allude to the fact we would talk on 2020 in the intro to this program, but uh, we get off the rails. We apologize for that that'll happen by time uh, just uh, and i don't want to ruin the next one um but over and above those that have passed on jerry uh the one thing that i when i googled up 2020 and i was and i googled up specifically canada the one thing that seems like it was forever ago but it was actually this year was and i was like holy shit that was this year but again it seems so long ago was when saint john's got pounded with 76 centimeters of snow and it blocked the city. Remember the the scenes in the news and the pictures? That was this year. And that seems like forever ago. You're looking at really? me like I'm crazy. No, I don't. Again, it was I, this year. Yeah. They had a rough winter, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, they seem to get hit all the time. But do you remember the footage and the cars on, on those little streets? I don't those, know how the city of St. Those, John's does it. I with really those don't know. beautifully iconic, colorful yeah. houses and the, those yeah. row houses. I mean, you're iconic. Everything's so tight together. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, your iconic pictures in those streets were just blocked. And I, I, I'd be, I, I think it seems to me I remember them calling in the military for some assistance. They get big storms. They get big storms. And it picks up momentum over the water and bang, it hits them hard. <laughs> No, it does. It always seems. And in, in that city of St. John's, the way it's laid out, I don't know how you know Public Works manages that city the way, you know, when snow hits it like that. Well, I was only in 1999. I went to the East Coast Music Awards in St. John's. It was the last one they held at the predecessor of the Mile One Stadium, whatever that was called. I kind of forget, but it was a burn. But it was kind of the, it was kind of the fairly well to that arena. That was probably one of the last events that that arena mm-hmm. held mm-hmm. and it was february and you're down on george street and in and out of the bars and there was i mean the east coast music awards if you've never been have you ever been to one no well it's just non-stop 24 hours a day five days yeah six days whatever it is whenever you can fly in or out and we flew in early because it was hard to get there and we flew out a day later because it was you know getting out of there is not the easiest but I just remember, I forget where I stayed, but it was handy to the goings-on and the happenings. But cold, holy shit. February. My yes. God, you come out of one little pub and you think <laughs> I'm just going to run across the street and see what's going on over there. You near freeze in the middle of the street uh, in between the two. It was yeah. just unbelievable. I left but I always a, enjoyed. I left a credit card at uh, Greensleeves. You did. A little quick story. And I don't know how, still to this day, I don't know how. They tracked me down. I remember getting a call from the front desk of the hotel going, are you Martin Quinn? Because, well, if people are hearing this for the first time, my given name is uh, Martin. And I said, oh, my God, what am I? What's like? I got to go to jail here because no one knows Martin. And I said, I am. And she goes, we just got a call from Greensleeves that you left your credit card there. And I'm like, oh, and ham- hammered, hammed right up. So had to retrace my steps. I think we flew in on a Wednesday, so I kicked her off early. So this would be Thursday morning, and I walked back to Greensleeves, and the gentleman behind the bar goes, there he is. And I said, oh, God, they know me. <laughs> like, and I'm like, what did I do? He said, buddy, you had all kinds of friends last night. And I said, oh. And he hands me my slip. This is back in those, yeah. what do you call that machine, the the slide machine there? That's a good Charge X? Yeah. Or, 
And uh, I tell you, Martin Quinn's credit card took a pounding on a particular Wednesday in February. At I Green forgot Sleeves. to tell you, and I'll try to tell this quick, um, okay, very on good. trips to St. John's. Um, we usually play two games there. And so we'd come in that- Fog Devils? Fog Devils. Right. And a uh, beautiful facility. Oh. The Bob Cole, it was called the Bob Cole Media Center. It was mm-hmm. up above. Anyway, so um, we play that game. And then the next day, uh, my uh, wife's uh, mother is from St. John's wow. and lived on F- Fort Fort Amherst, Fort Amherst mm-hmm. Street, which leads up to the the infamous yeah, that iconic picture, right, of those houses. Well, her aunt still lives there, or still lived there then. Mm-hmm. She's passed on. God bless. Mm-hmm. She'd always want me to come over for. A lunch, absolutely, and so I'd take a cab there, and, it, and I'd walk up. It's and you walk up these stairs I to know. get up to it on its perch. Beautiful, and she'd have a lovely meal there for me: pie, oh. uh, salmon, moose meat, whatever she had. Cup of tea, cup of tea, and her and I would then stand at the at the uh, at the sink and clean up the dishes afterwards. It was always a lovely afternoon, but she always had a tremendous meal there for me. Every time I came, I, I, which was about four times. I got to go four times. I'm pretty proud of myself for knowing Fort Amherst. And I, I, may, I, may, I may blow that right to shit right now. Is, is that not what they call the battery or am I crazy? Okay. Sure. See, I might have just embarrassed myself there. <laughs> I apologize. But, I, but I, it's I, that, I, look, at in your mind's eye, it's that iconic, those houses up yeah. the, 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 the cliffside coming into the harbor or yeah. going out of the harbor, depending on which way you're pointing. It was, a full, it, was, it was a full meal for lunch. It was awesome. She was like she a was big, terrific, bo- big boiled dinner. And yes. Whatever it was. And she's not, she's not serving you up a cake or a piece of pie from uh, a grocery no, store. She's, no. This is no, made with love. No, no. It, it, I never missed it. It, it. it was always open invitation if I could come and if I couldn't, that was fine. But no, I made, turn, I made time. I'd be late for the game to do that. I, uh, I got a place to be here, guys. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> that was always a fond memory. And the other fond memory about it is uh, uh, Connie's cousins, my wife's cousins, mm-hmm. would then load up a duffel bag with frozen cod and moose meat. And I'd take the duffel bag and put it on the plane. And bring it home? <laughs> yes. It was, we, of course, when you had that much equipment, you just threw it in the pile and away it went. Can I throw you a curveball? So let's assume, I, and I realize you're, are you on a charter plane or a commercial jet? No, I'll be Air Canada. All right. So yeah. listen, can I just paint a picture here? Let's assume they lose a bag. <laughs> And four days later, you get a, a knock on your door oh my, and your bag so, of cod so and moose meat. Yeah. It was frozen solid, though. Frozen solid. And it was heavy. Would you bring any, Would you reciprocate and bring anything uh, over? What could I bring? What could I bring them? Oh, some traditional But I'm telling you, it, you know, there was a lot of frowns when the fog devils left because Jerry wasn't coming back with cod moose meat anymore. <laughs> Anyways, I got off on that. We've attempted to say uh, goodbye a couple of times here. Uh, Thanks for listening in again. Like, subscribe, share. Uh, Those ratings are evidently important. We would appreciate anything you can do to help us. Um, Anything else you want to wrap up in? No, I'm good. I I went on that ramble there, but I had to mention her. I loved her and Aunt Bertha. Okay, very good. We've referenced a a lot of folks who have passed on here in this uh, podcast tonight, and and that's what the next one will be as we lament on uh, 2020. Um, So thanks for listening, and I think we'll uh, end it there. Yeah, great. Thanks.